Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Network Automation Journey. I'm your host, Tony Burke. Today, we're doing another questions um, episode where I answer some questions that someone has graciously asked on Twitter. I put out a um, call for questions. You can find me on Twitter at tburke, at T-B-O-U-R-K-E. And this one, again, is from the network dude, uh, at L underscore dude underscore abides. Questions are about methods to secure API communication and keep the API locked down, such as not having clear text passwords in your scripts, limiting access to the API, ACLs, etc. And then um, he asked me if I have any experience with Terraform. So great questions. One of the challenges that we have in automation is that we want automation to be, um, we want it to run mostly without human interaction. We want it to just chug along and do what it needs to do. But it needs to access various systems via various means, such as APIs. So it's going to need authentication. And how do we provide that authentication is one of the challenges that we have with network automation. And there's several approaches to this. If we're using something that's SSH-based, for example, um, I've worked a lot with Ansible, and Ansible um, has uh, or Ansible with EOS, which is Arista's uh, network operating system for their switches. And you can use Ansible one of two means: you can have it go in through the eAPI, or you can have it go in through the uh, CLI. And the CLI would be SSH. And with when you're using SSH, you can use SSH keys. So authentication is something you know and or something you have. So something you know, of course, would be a password. Something you have is some sort of key, part of a cryptographic uh, pair of public-private key, uh, public key pair. And that's what um, I've used a lot with Ansible is I have the public key installed on the switches. Then I have the private key on my control node. So that's the, the, that's the system that the Ansible runs from and connects out to the devices. And that has worked out pretty well. Uh, but not every device has the ability to be controlled by the CLI. So a lot of times you have to go in through an API. And with an API, we have basically three different types of authentications available to us, generally speaking. But not every API supports all three. The first one is the old school HTTP auth. And that basically means that there is an HTTP header. And in that header, when you make a request, when you make a connection to a to an API, you in, you're including the username and password on every request. So hopefully that'll be SSA or that'll, hopefully that'll be encrypted with what we used to call SSL, but is now called TLS. So hopefully it's TLS encrypted. Um, another way is to access a part of the API that does authentication, and then you get a temporary token. A token, as long as you present the token, something you have, will provide you access to the API for as long as that token is valid. When it's invalid, you have to go in and grab a new token by providing a username and password again. So that works out pretty well. And the other way is to do um, TLS certificates or SSL, what we used to call SSL um, client certificates. So very similar to how we work with um, SSH with public-private key pairs. Instead of the server providing an SSL certificate, which it probably still will, you provide a certificate that the server has on um, has in its authentication, or the API has it in its authentication method. So as long as you provide the client certificate, you'll get um, access without without asking for a password. So something you have versus something you know. 
Most APIs, I would say, don't support that. Uh, I could be wrong, but a lot of the, the APIs that I've worked with, for the most part, don't support client certificates. So I don't know if it's most of them, but the ones I've worked with, most of them don't. So we're basically, um, industry standard in that case would be to use the tokens. So here's the challenge with the tokens is with the tokens, you have to provide, you have to, whatever your authentication or whatever your, um, whatever your automation does has to provide the username and password. So that means it's got to your, your automation system has to have the username and password either stored somewhere in like a text file or you, a human needs to kick off the automation and it's going to ask you for the password. So Ansible has a way it's the dash K um, switch. So when you run a playbook, it can ask you for a password and then it'll continue to give the password throughout that playbook. Um, alternatively, we put the password in some sort of text file. Now putting it in a text file is not a super great idea because now you've got an authentication password in, in a file somewhere. It's kind of like writing it down and putting it on a sticky note on your, on your screen. So, um, generally speaking though, the people that access the, that have access to the control node will have access to the passwords. So it's not as big of a deal as you might think, but if you want to prevent that, that password from being on a system in plain text, one of the things you can do is use, um, like Ansible has Ansible vault. And that's, um, that's a way to keep your, um, keep your passwords encrypted, but then you've got to unlock the vault and that gets back into the human interaction thing. Um, that's pretty much the best way. There's other vault systems you can have as well. Um, in terms of, um, in terms of keeping a, a, a file that has those passwords in it encrypted in some way. Um, so there's some various mechanisms, mechanisms to do that. So it, they're, they're all trade-offs because we still need to secure the devices and we want to make sure that, that the authentication is going to be uh, protected in some way. So those are those issues. Um, what about network access? What about access control ACLs? So how do we lock down those, uh, those APIs? Generally speaking, if you have like a switch or a router, you don't want those APIs to be publicly available, just like you don't want them to be publicly available for their SSH interface. If you want to, for their CLI. So, um, best practice is to have either, um, either ACLs on the device itself to restrict access from, uh, to only internal networks. Um, you know, it's not, it's not going to prevent all hacking attempts, but it'll at least, um, make it more difficult or putting them behind some sort of firewall or both probably. So most of the network devices have the ability to put in some sort of ACL on the management interfaces. And that and that includes the, the API interface. So, um, definitely a good idea to take advantage of that. And then just best practices in terms of, you know, how do you, how do you lock down your SSH interfaces? The same would be uh, true for your H for your API interfaces. Um, so those are the general guidelines that I think are pretty, uh, industry wide industry standard. The other question is any experience with Terraform? No, I don't actually, I don't have much experience with Terraform. I don't see it in the enterprise or campus in terms of automation. Um, and I honestly, I don't know a lot about Terraform. I have a vague notion that it's a declarative way to say, all right, I want these VMs and these networks 
a, a way to describe how you want an environment to be instantiated in a public cloud provider like AWS, what VPCs, when I say VPCs, I mean virtual private cloud. So that's a private network space that you have um, on your AWS accounts, uh, how the networks are, the network, um, their version of ACLs on the network, um, segmentation, IP addresses, VMs, all that, oh, any services, et cetera. I think that's what it is. But again, I, I'm exposing my ignorance here. I, I don't have a lot of experience with it and I don't have a lot of knowledge on Terraform other than I hear it talked about a lot, but I don't see it in the enterprise. So it may not be one of those things you do on the enterprise. It may be one of those things um, I think that you just, you just do in public cloud. Um, and maybe it'll make its way to the enterprise. I don't know. Uh, most of my experience, of course, is in the enterprise or the wired campus. So I hope those uh, questions um, help you. Um, thank you again to um, L. Duda Bides for asking these wonderful questions. If you have any questions you'd like to ask, um, find me on Twitter at T-B-O-U-R-K-E. Um, my DMs are open if you want to ask a question anonymously or you want me not to reveal who asked the question, that's fine too. Um, and um, happy automation, uh, happy automating.